Well, good morning. I am so excited to have Pastor Yaroslav here. Uh, pastor Yaroslav is a pastor in Ukraine, and uh, he and his church have been doing uh, a lot of efforts around their community and in Ukraine. And uh, I'm excited for you, the listeners, to be able to hear his story and hear about what he has been doing. Uh, so with that said, Pastor Yaroslav, welcome. Uh, why don't you start by introducing yourself and telling us where your church is at? My name is Yaroslav Kibit. And I'm a second pastor in the church in Ivano-Frankivsk, which is in western Ukraine. Our church is not that big nor small, it's 250 members. And I became a pastor not so long ago, it's about two years ago. Uh, we have a senior pastor in our church also. And I'm a second pastor. And so, Pastor, what got you started in ministry? Why did you decide to become a pastor? How did you get your start? It's a long story. I'll try to say it short. My father was a pastor for um, all my life, as long as I can remember. And I saw how much uh, work, how much problems he had being a pastor with the other uh, church members and other people, and I never wanted to be a pastor. I was active like in the uh, youth ministry. I was like a youth ministry leader in our church. Later, I became a deacon in our church as well. But I have never planned to be a pastor. But God changes everything in our life, how it often does. He often does it. Yes, he does. He definitely changes uh, to make sure we're on the path he has for us, right? Yes, yes, of course. So, and my father died. And we have need in the pastor in our church. And 
можливо, так детально не буду зараз розказувати, але багато шляхів, через які Бог показував, що я мені потрібно стати пастором. I don't want to go into details, but there were a lot of ways how God showed me that I have to become a pastor. І знову ж таки, я довго не хотів, але потім сказав Богу і так, я буду. And again, I didn't want to be a pastor for a long time, but later I decided that I will say God yes and I will become a pastor. That's short. That's really brief. The brief story. Well, at least you didn't have to get eaten by a whale in order to hear God's meal commandment for you. Yes. So, well, so tell me a little bit leading up to the 24th of February. Uh, as a pastor, what were you thinking as you were seeing uh, the potential for war? Перед 24 лютого, ти будучи пастором, що ти бачив, коли вже бачив всю цю підготовку до війни? Які були твої думки? Most of the time we heard it uh, in news, uh, but we never thought that it actually will will happen, that this war will become a reality. And also we had the preparation uh, just in case if the war will break out that uh, eastern and southern part of Ukraine they will relocate to us and especially Kherson Oblast which is now occupied that uh, basically if the war started they the Kherson believers from Kherson Oblast they were supposed to come to our oblast and we were thinking uh, like where we're going to find a place for all those people to relocate to our oblast and we were thinking about it but we really didn't think that it will happen so when it happened on the 24th of february um tell me about your congregation i mean how many of your congregation left you know uh went went abroad versus how many stayed коли це сталося скільки людей залишило Україну з нашої церкви скільки залишилось близько 40 людей покинуло Україну Out of 250 members, 40 of them left Ukraine. Це це не так багато, тому що ми знаходимось в західній частині країни, де було тільки 4 рази бомбили ракетами, а так бойових дій немає. It is not a lot because in western part of Ukraine where we at, we had only like four times that cruise missile strike our city. Uh, but we didn't have any like land troops. I mean, like from from Russia. From Russia. When was the last time you guys experienced the the sirens or any kind of missile attack? Коли останній раз були сирени або прилітали ракети? Сирени у нас майже кожного дня і можуть бути декілька разів на день. 
uh, sirens will go on like almost every day and it might be a couple times a day but the last time that i remember that missile really struck uh, was probably april okay okay so when what what country are you guys closest to in the west are you close to moldova are you close to romania poland do you koi krene mane bliše zaraz tut Uh, we're uh, closest to Poland as well as like Moldova and Romania, but most of our like church members they went to Poland. To Poland, okay. So tell me, for those of you that stayed, uh, we heard obviously we met you through another pastor who was taking support and aid into Ukraine from Romania, uh, I believe, and. Um, what what have what have you and your church been doing to help people in your community and you know around Ukraine? No, ми чули, що там деякі пастори, наприклад, з Румунії везли допомогу, так а от що ми і наша церква робила під час війни. Самі починаючи від самих перших днів війни, наша церква почала приймати людей Uh, beginning from the February 24th, our church uh, accepted a lot of people and we were um, kind of sheltering them, giving them places to sleep and food. Most of them, they were in transit, so they would just have to stay at our church or in our like oblast for a couple of days, and they will leave uh, abroad. That's why, like our classes for Sunday school, we have kind of relocated them uh, so we can accept people in those classes. We put mattresses there so people they can sleep there and take rest for a couple nights. And of course we we of course we prepared like food meals for them three times a day because some of the people they were fleeing the like conflict the war uh, and also occupation from russia and some of them they were like in transit for a couple of days and they didn't eat even once at this time and do you have anyone staying there currently? Uh, yes, we still have people there and we have some people from Kherson, which is occupied by Russia right now, that live uh, permanently. Uh, 
And right now, not as many as used to be, but still we have like few people that stay a couple nights at our church and then they will go abroad. So you still have people passing through. Yes. What um, now have you guys been taking food out to the community as well or into uh, different places around Ukraine? Mm -hmm. Чи ми також їду роздавали десь в нашій общині і чи також вивозили в інші області України? Так, ми крім того, що ми в себе приймали людей, приймали, годували і зараз приймаємо. Ми декілька разів на місяць їдемо в деокуповані території. Uh, besides feeding those people in our church for like a couple times a day, and not only those people that live at our church, but also in our community, they, they will just come to our church. Uh, but also a few times per month, uh, we go to other oblasts, other cities or villages that were occupied by Russians for, for some time. I see. And so when you go, whether whether people are coming to you to stay for a couple of days or even longer or you taking food out are people surprised to see the church get involved uh, what what, are, what is the reception you typically receive коли ми кормимо людей коли ми виїжджаємо тобто чи люди здивовані дивлячись те що церква їм допомагає ну бачачи церкву most of them they are really like surprised що вони держава так не забезпечує, може не забезпечує, як яким було зручно в нас. Because even government they cannot support them as good as we do in our church. Так. І а коли ми їхали, ну відразу після коли війська російські відійшли від Київської і Чернігівської області, це був другий місяць війни. And uh, when we uh, went to like Kiev Oblast right after the Russian troops like flee, uh, and those people that used to be under occupation, they were like crying see that we bring them just regular bread. Цілий місяць прожили під окупацією, магазини не працювали, купити ніде нічого не можна було, грошей не було, все, що вони мали тільки в себе там в підвалах, те вони і їли цілий місяць. Because they were under occupation for like a whole month and they couldn't buy anything, the stores were closed, so they had no opportunity to bring food, to get food, and they were just living off what they had before, stored before. Найбільше ми їздили по селах. Там люди мають мають городи і мають деякі овочі в себе завжди в підвалі. Картоплю, наприклад. І вони цілий місяць їли саму картоплю, тому для хліб для них це був як це те, що вони дуже очікували і просто плакали, коли ми їм давали. And most of the time we went to villages and uh, those people, they had potatoes stored, uh, but they had no bread. So they, they were eating potatoes for the whole month with nothing else. Wow. So having that fresh bread was probably a very welcome treat. 
Да, тобто, маючи цей свіжий хліб, це було ніби для них дуже гарне таке частування. Yes. It's it's just it's amazing to think about, you know, and and I'm speaking really from from someone here in Dallas, Texas. Uh it's amazing to think about how much we take for granted. Ну, це дуже зараз, тобто, ну, як як належне ми часто сприймаємо те, що маємо. після таких от поїздок, я сам деяких з них приймав участь. Я дуже переоцінив, почав цінити те, що я маю. Здається таке, що ніколи про це не думав, що воно настільки важливе. Yeah, after those trips, I've started to appreciate some small things that I have that I, was, I wasn't thinking about them before. It's amazing. It's amazing what, what that'll do. Um, tell me a little bit about some of the people you've met along the way as far as other pastors, um, maybe nonprofits. Are you seeing a lot of the churches pulling together to help? Ну, розкажи трохи про інших там пасторів або взагалі непробудкових організацій, чи ти бачиш, що якби єднання серед інших якби, ну, віруючих допомогло, щоб ці потреби забезпечити? Так, дуже, коли дивитися зараз, Україна вся дуже об'єдналася, і церкви, і організації, і християнські, і нехристиянські, дуже об'єднуються до цього. As you can see right now, Ukraine is united and you can take like believers or unbelievers, non-profit organizations, like all of the people and those organizations, they are united just to help people. Такий маленький приклад, ми одного разу їхали, везли в бусі півтори тонни їди на Київщину. Just a small example that uh, we were bringing uh, more than 30,000 pounds of food uh, to Kyiv Oblast and uh, the, this bus uh, was broken down, this van actually. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't know what to do because we, we were break down just in the middle of the road. Yeah, so we started to call people that we know and they've called other volunteers and volunteers that we didn't know, they came to us and they uh, kind of, uh, we were just shifted this load to their van and they brought us to whenever we needed to go and we just gave them diesel that we had. It's amazing to see how people pitch in in a time of need. Це дійсно вражаючи бачити, як люди якби так об'єднуються в часи потреби потребуючи. What um 
So tell me some of the stories of the people that you you met, uh, some of the folks who stayed at your church. Um, I know with some of the pastors I've talked to in Romania and Moldova, Poland, it's a lot of women and children. Uh, are you seeing the same? Ну, розкажи трохи про тих людей, які зупиняються у нас в церкві, тому що, ну, там в Молдові, в Румунії, там в основному це є жінки з дітьми, чи у нас так само? У нас не тільки жінки з дітьми. Чому за кордоном більше жінки з дітьми? Тому що чоловіків не випускають по закону за кордоном. In our church we have not only women with kids. Uh, the reason why you see abroad, like in Moldova, Romania, Poland, uh, mostly women with kids, uh, because uh, men are not allowed to exit the country, to leave the country. Yeah, but in our church, uh, we used to accept and we had families, uh, like men and like with wife and kids. And we had uh, some people that, for example, uh, they uh, sent their wives with children abroad into safe place and they stayed in Ukraine and uh, they stayed for some time in our church as well. В нас зараз живуть з Херсону, це віруючі з Херсону, їх багато, їх частина живе в церковній будівлі, частина живе по квартирах. Вони не просто тут живуть, але вони працюють і допомагають як волонтери іншим біженцям. Uh, but what is exciting that we have a lot of believers from Kherson region. Uh, some of them, they live on the premises of our church. Others, uh, they rent in apartments in our city. But we see them uh, helping other people in our city. And they're really, um, like, they're just not sitting, but they do. And they, they, they're just trying to help. Їздили в Херсонську, Миколаївська, Херсонська область і привозили звіти, евакуювали звіти людей, а туди везли продукти. І тому це вони робили кожного тижня, і тому в нас дуже багато людей з Херсонської області, тому що вони їх дуже багато привезли. Yeah, first few months, um, like those people from Kherson, they bought uh, two vans and they were bringing to Mykolaiv uh, region food and evacuating people from Mykolaiv and from Kherson region back to our city. And that's also one of the reasons why we have a lot of people from like, Kherson and Mykolaiv in our oblast. So so when they're coming, they're not just sitting, they're, they're helping, they're doing what they can they're to help their own countrymen. Yes. So I guess uh, kind of a couple last questions here as we as we start to wrap up today's interview. And and Pastor, again, thank you so much for taking the time uh to 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 talk with me. And uh uh yeah, Adam, thank you so much for taking the time to translate for us today. Uh really, really appreciate it. Um what what is what is the hope? What is the hope for Ukraine? Kaya nadia le Ukraine. Для нас в 
For us as believers, we have only one hope, that's hope in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we know that God, He is still on the throne and He still controls everything. And we understand that everything that happens right now, basically, that's His will. And it's also what we wanted to share with people from the beginning of the war. Because uh, right now we are used to those sirens, we are used to war and news about war. But in the first couple of weeks, uh, the people were panicking and they didn't know what to expect, what to think about and what to hope for. And that's what me and other people in our church, the preachers in our church, we try to share with people that God controls everything and He is in control of our life. And we understand that He, he reigns. Amen. He does indeed. And um, it's amazing what God can use. You know, um, you, people look around and they say, you know, what's going on or, or why is this happening? And, and it's just remembering that God is in control and that his word is going to get out regardless. Uh, his message is going to get out to the people regardless. Yes, we believe in it. Let me uh, let me close with this question. This is a question I ask at the end of all of my 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 podcasts with my guests. Uh, if if people are watching right now and uh, they want to get involved, how can they help you, Pastor? What what do you need? Останні питання, які я задаю всім, тобто якщо люди, які зараз слухають нас, вони хочуть допомогти. Як вони можуть допомогти? And we being a small church, we never thought that we would be able to help as many people as we did. Sponsors, 
організовує все так, що на, на все, що ми робимо, він дає якісь ресурси. And what we can see and observe that it doesn't matter uh, the, how difficult the obstacles are, but we always receive some support and we don't have any sponsors or any like regular help, but we always have enough for everything we can do and we want to do and we are able to do. Yeah. yeah, and also if somebody wants to help us, we invite them to come to us, come to Ukraine, our church, and help us. Yeah, we didn't have any like missile strikes for a couple of months. But if they are unable to come here like physically and help us, they can help us like financially. And also like uh, what's the most important, what's the priority is that's prayer, uh, prayer for us. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we do understand that the winter is coming and the cold climate, cold weather is coming. And in those regions, like in Western, I mean in Eastern Ukraine, uh, where you have this like fighting um, occurs. Uh, there will be no heat in their houses, no gas. And we understand that we will have a lot of people coming to Western Ukraine, just fleeing those cold weather. Understanding that we are thinking about right now and actually we're planning on to rent some building uh, where we can like do renovation and prepare it to accept people fleeing cold weather. Okay, so that's, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I actually just recently talked to someone else about that. Um, they had the same concern. They were thinking ahead to the winter time and understanding that fuel prices, you know, uh, propane is going to be very expensive. Not, you know, gas is hard to come by, you know, preparing for that cold weather. So uh, that's definitely if you're watching right now, uh, if you're tuned into the podcast and, and you, know, you want to be praying, obviously, we're still praying for peace. We're still praying for a closure to this war. We're still praying that God's message continues to get out to those who need to hear it most. But also, you know, we're praying that, uh, you know, these pastors are able to get the resources they need uh, to to continue the work that they're doing. Um, you know, as I've said on the podcast, uh, you know, uh, many times, um, these pastors, a lot of these pastors didn't start the year 
with a budget set aside for war. And, uh, you know, as, as you've just heard from pastor, you know, God has been faithful. God has provided, uh, you know, as he always does. But with that said, yeah, you know, he relies on people who have to be able to give. And so if you're watching the podcast right now, I want to encourage you to ask yourself, uh, you know, what, is there anything that you can do? And if you want to travel over there, I think every pastor we've talked to has said the same thing. Please, we need help. We can use your help. So keep that in mind. Um, you know, so uh, that is uh, some easy ways to get get involved in, in helping. So, pa- Pastor, are there any last stories or anything final that you want to share? Yeah, we have a lot of stories, uh, as you heard, that people that and, and their stories. But what I can take from those stories for myself? That we have to be thankful and grateful uh, to God for what we have, and we do not appreciate it. Yeah, we can lose everything we have at one time, at one moment. But when our hope and our priority is not in material things, but in spiritual, then we cannot lose it. So true. So true. Well, Pastor, that sounds like a great a great place to kind of land the plane. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us this morning, to speak with me this morning, and ultimately the, the, the audience. Uh, you will definitely be in our prayers. We thank you for your support and for your prayers. We as Ukraine, uh, we can feel the support of all the world in this war. And we thank you that you are using this podcast, that you talk about Ukraine and you share information about Ukraine to people. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor. We sure appreciate it. God bless you as well. Sean here. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed it, please consider giving it a like, a follow, and a share. And if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast platform, consider giving it five stars. 
I look forward to sharing the next story with you real soon.